Houston. Welcome, Welcome to, to All, All Girls, Girls Considered. Considered, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of inspired women and girls. Today we are speaking with Dr. Brenda Sandejo, who leads the Latina History Project at Southwestern University. Welcome, Dr. Sandejo. Thank you. Thank you all so much for having me. Okay. What inspired you to start spreading awareness about Latinas? That's a really great question. Um, well, I think maybe my own experiences, perhaps, growing up. Um, uh, I was born and raised in Corpus Christi, Texas, and um, I'm Mexican-American. And I think growing up, I didn't have a lot of exposure to um, Mexican-American or Latino or Chicano or Chicana history myself until I got to college. So I really didn't know about my own history, really, and that it was something that people studied in, uh, in college, in academic settings, and that they wrote and published about uh, my own kind of history. So I think I got inspired because I know that I had that kind of um, uh, gap in my own experience growing up. And as I started um, teaching in the uh, college um, environment as a professor, um, I realized that my own students many, many years later also didn't know their own histories. And particularly my um, female students didn't realize that there were so many um, pivotal uh, leaders who were Latinas and Chicanas and Tejanas and Mexican-American women um, in Texas and all over the United States. And so um, my colleague, Dr. Allison Kafer, and I had an opportunity to apply for a grant for this project. And we uh, got together with a wonderful colleague of ours, um, Mr. Jason Dean, uh, with special collections at Southwestern, and we developed this project, and we are having so much fun with it. Oh, that sounds amazing. So basically, you didn't know much about your history, and you decided to research it? Right. So um, I guess the first time I sort of learned more about it was as an undergraduate at University of Texas at Austin, where I was studying cultural anthropology. I took my first Mexican-American studies course taught by an anthropologist, Dr. Martha Menchaca, and it just blew my mind. And I had no idea there was something called the Mexican-American or Chicano Civil Rights Movement, and that there was a lot of activism, a history of activism um, in Texas uh, that Mexican-Americans were fighting for the political rights and for a lot of Chicana feminists. Women were fighting for women's representation and women's um, issues um, around the family, around politics, around um, uh, equality. Um, so when I started learning this, it just really, really it fascinated me. I loved it. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to study um, particularly women's history, Mexican-American and Chicana feminist history. So why do you believe Latina stories are so important and should be heard? That's a great question. Well, I think uh, Latina stories um, are America's stories. I think that they're part of American history and culture and um, that they should be seen as such. Um, Oftentimes what happens is that there are some stories and some histories that are not um, as apparent in our history books. This may sound familiar to you. I don't know <laughs> what your experience has been. But growing up, I didn't really see myself um, or my uh, 
family's history represented in the history books in elementary school and middle school or high school. And I know you all probably have more exposure now, but um, we really didn't have hardly at all back then. And so just history in general was fascinating to me. But then I started learning about certain silences, right, where some stories um, we know about, right, we know about the Civil War, and we know about, you know, we know about the Civil Rights Movement um, and Martin Luther King, but we don't know that there were people like Dolores Huerta and Marta Cordera who were very, fighting very, very hard um, in some of the same struggles as the men um, for the rights of all people. And those stories often get kind of put in the shadows. And so I thought that that was something I wanted to study and make my life's work is to sort of help bring those stories out of the shadows um, and help people see themselves represented um, in history. When you were um, growing up, did not knowing your history affect you in any way? These are good questions, you guys. Wow, that is a great question. So that's something I'm really interested in studying um, because, yes, it really did affect me. Um, I guess I was, you know, and I'll be real honest with you guys because I think this is something that we need to think about and pay attention to is that people like me growing up like I did, I had a great upbringing, but I was um, often ashamed to be Mexican-American. And I now realize that a lot of that is because um, I think people didn't realize that, um, you know, Mexican-Americans, Latinos, we have a long history of activism, of, of being American um, that deserves as much recognition as other groups, right? Um, there are a lot of groups that have had, um, you know, discrimination uh, projected upon them um, and their experiences, like in the 1940s during Jim Crow, where, you know, African-Americans um, couldn't use the same restaurants or restrooms or water fountains, right, where Mexican-Americans, that happened to them too. And that kind of history kind of can feed its way into people's current experiences. And I think that's what happened with me. So I was, you know, I was raised in an area that was, there weren't a whole lot of Mexican-Americans. And so there's a lot of pressure to kind of not be as proud of that as as I wish I had been. And now I'm making up for lost time. <laughs> I'm making it my life's work. So I really do think that not knowing your history can have a huge impact on people as it did for me. And so that's one of the things that really has inspired me to make um, these histories um, uh, available to a wide range of people. And not just Latinas and Latinos, but to people beyond um, our culture so they'll have a better understanding of of the complexities and the um, experiences that, that we've um, engaged in and endured. What is one of the most fascinating stories you've heard so far? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I have to say, I think I've heard so many stories. I think both as uh, working with the Latina History Project, but um, also working with um, in my own research as an anthropologist um, with the women who are very active in the civil rights movement. You know, I think I think hearing stories of women who have struggled um, to. Um, to make sure that other people have the rights that they deserve. Um, for instance, um, I one of the stories that really sticks with me is um, a woman named Marilena Martinez. She um, was a bilingual educator in Texas um, in for about 30 years, and she worked very hard to get bilingual education into the schools in Texas um, and bicultural education. So people would have their culture as part of their education, uh, would 
be brought up, and people outside the culture as well, outside of just being a Latino, would also have an appreciation for the cultural traditions and practices and language. And I remember her telling me she was inspired to go that route of being an educator because when she was growing up in Wiley, Texas, which is around Dallas, in the 19, I guess 1930s, 1940s, she um, was only a Spanish speaker. She was Spanish dominant and did not know any English. And when she moved into her town, they put her in a English speaking classroom and she did not know any English. And that frightened her and it, it made her feel very alienated. So she was actually mute. She did not talk for an entire year. And she feels like she really lost that year because no one really knew how to you know, explain to the administration that you have to have programs that can reach out to kids who don't know English. And so that the way that those experiences can impact people um, changes their lives. And I think that's been one of the things that's, you know, because of that, Marilena helped to create bilingual bicultural education. And she became the chair of a political party in the 1970s called La Raza Unida Party that fought very hard for bilingual education, for political rights, uh, for women's rights, um, and for equality and, and, and uh, anti-discrimination um, during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Did um, her story influence you in any well or any way, or make you think of uh, what you do now do any differently or anything? Yeah, that's another good question. So when I met Marielena Martinez, um, I was in graduate school. I had just started graduate school, and um, she inspired an entire research project in the book I'm currently re- working on right now. Um, because the other thing about Marielena is that she. Um, engaged in a spiritual transformation. Um, She was brought up in a Catholic religion, and she would later uh, start thinking about and reaching out for a different kind of spiritual practice that engaged more of her her folk practices from her her indigenous and Mexican heritage and infused those with activism, which I research as something called spiritual activism. So meeting her and learning her story actually changed the course of my research, and now I look at the ways in which people engage engage their spiritual and religious practices with activism and uh, social justice work and efforts and causes. And so she was a huge influence on me, and she remains one. Is your job ever stressful? <laughs> Handle it. Wow. Um, you know, my job is stressful sometimes. Um, So I think, let's see, I guess, you know, balancing um, teaching and doing research and what we call service, so committees. Uh, The Latina History Project is is one of the things that I do that would fall under the category of something called service we do as professors, which I love. I absolutely love that work. Um, But balancing it all can be a little bit stressful sometimes. So what do I do to balance it? I love, love, love to play with my kids because if you sit down and play with a, a little three or four year old, they will remind you to stay present and to have fun and laugh. And my kids make me laugh. So I like to connect with them and my husband. I enjoy my family a great deal. We go on walks and hikes and we love to dance and sing. And um, I love to tell stories to them and read to them. And so that's kind of how I think I de-stress. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a really good question. I think it's a something we all can think about, right? What are some things that we do that give us joy, that help us to realize um, and be very present in the things that matter to us in our lives? Yeah, great question. 
But you have little ones. Can you tell us anything about them? <laughs> That's a really good question, too. Um, so their names are Jude and Luna, and they are three and four years old, and they are really funny. They love to be silly and quirky, and they ask lots of wonderful and uh, interesting questions. Uh, they're very, very inquisitive, and uh, they love to play sports and just be really, really silly. Um, so, but yeah, I think they, my kids inspire this work too, because I want them to know their heritage. I want them to know, um, you know, and be proud of who they are. I'm because, so one of the things that I think is interesting about the work I do is that it does connect my own experience and that some of the discrimination I told you that Marielena Martinez and other people have just have experienced in Texas. Um, some people at her age and my parents' age, they were uh, punished for speaking Spanish in the schools in Corpus Christi, Texas, for example. Uh, some kids would get hit on their hands for speaking Spanish um, because they were told they had to speak English. And because of that, my parents wanted me to speak English, to learn English, and to have um, lots of opportunities. But it means that I lost my language, and that's really um, very painful for me. So I've been trying to re connect to my language in, in that way and I've done so through my kids in some ways because I put them in a Spanish immersion school and so they are my maestros also they are my teachers too so we have a Spanish class sometimes when they will teach me the Spanish that they know because they're bilingual now from this um, this experience so I think it's a really interesting sort of full circle uh, moment where I connect you know all these things by way of my kids your kids remind me a lot of my uh, little brother he's two and a half Oh. Like, wants to know everything and just runs. <laughs> He's crazy, but. <laughs> That's a great age. Yeah, what's his name? His name is Gideon. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a, such a fun age. And yeah, the questions. And it reminds you, like, it also, I don't know if this is your experience, but it reminds you, like, wow, you know, some things, like, you have to learn everything. You have to learn, like, why is the sky blue? Oh, well, that's a good question. It makes you really reflect on why is the sky blue? <laughs> like, these are really important questions. They're not just because, right? They're, uh, they're, they're inquisitive to try to, you know, expand how they understand the world around them. And I think it's really cool to watch. Yeah, I've kind of, like, experienced that with my brother. He just points out things that you never really would think of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um... Back to the questions. <laughs> regrets in your career? If so, what would you change? Regrets in my career? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, gosh. Um, I, I, you know, I have to say, um, I feel really very fortunate to do the research I do because I love working with all of these really wise women. Um, I have some wonderful colleagues at Southwestern University. Um, I really enjoy working with students. Um, the Latina History Project has been a highlight of my time at Southwestern and working with Dr. Kafer. It's really fulfilled me in lots of really wonderful ways. And working with our undergraduate student researchers and seeing how they've been impacted by looking at the stories of the women whose histories we've recorded and photographs and archives we've um, developed and, and uh, compiled. I think, um, I would say, you know, I'd have to think pretty hard about the regret question. I think one thing I might do when I look back is work so hard I, I missed out on some things with my kids. I think that's one big thing, I think, for uh, for me as a working 
mama, um, making sure I'm really present for my kids, even though things can get quite busy with work. But um, overall, I've been, you know, very, very lucky. What does success mean to you? Mm. Um, I think success for me means that I've contributed something that has meaning for other people. Um, whether it's being a teacher or maybe, you know, students uh, see the Latina History Project and it does something positive for them. Um, to me, I feel like that's a success, that, that you've impacted someone in a way that is positive and that has shaped them um, in a way that makes a difference, a positive difference in their life. Um, yeah, I think for me, that's that's kind of the definition of success, how much you can make a positive contribution to the experiences of other people. What advice can you give the other girls listening to this podcast? Oh, so you make me think, if my daughter were to listen to this podcast, which I hope she will one day, when she is uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, maybe uh, older, younger, um, I would say stay true to yourself. I would say that we have such amazing talents um, and so much to contribute to society, to ourselves, to our families, to our friends, to our communities. Um, but I think it's really, really important that we're taught to stay true to who we are, that we don't need to change to be like other people, um, that we're incredibly, incredibly valuable, and that we deserve um, dignity and respect, and it's okay to ask for that. Um, and I think um, to speak your truth, you know, uh, go with what your heart says and what your, uh, yeah, what your corazón feels, right, um, in whatever path you choose, whether it's in your education, in your job, in your relationships, in your spiritual practice. Uh, but yeah, I think those are some things that I would share. What advice can you give us continuing this podcast? Mm. Um, do what you're doing. This is fantastic. I really love it. Um, I would say keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep asking questions. Um, take it to the next level. You know, get it out there. Um, I think, you know, I would love to know more about it. I'd love to share it with, you know, people I know. Um, yeah, I guess keep interviewing people and, and interview people that you are really interested in knowing about and um, think outside the box. If there's someone you want to interview but you just don't think maybe you can connect with them or whatnot, try it anyway. Give it a shot. Um, ask around and see who who um, you can interview. And I, this is something that I wish I had done that I always try to encourage my students to do. Maybe it's not for the podcast or maybe it's for some other project for school. Interview your parents. Interview your, your abuelas, your grandmothers, your grandfathers, your tias, your tios, because their stories are so, so important. You're gonna, I wish that I had interviewed my grandmother when she was still alive about our history. So that's something I always encourage students to do. And when my students do that, they're amazed at what they learned. They had no idea their mother was, um, you know, worked as this or that growing up or that your, their father had immigrated, you know, during this year from this country or that their mother was involved with the civil rights movement or things like that. You'd be surprised at what you learn. So that's one, one tip I would offer. So are you saying that you value people who have a strong urge to learn and ask more questions? 
Yes, absolutely. I think that that's such a wonderful attribute. Um, and that they be encouraged, right, to ask questions, um, uh, ask questions outside of the box. You know, we're often um, taught that history is one thing, right? Well, maybe it's something else. Maybe people have different kinds of perspectives on the world. Multiple perspectives are valid, right? Multiple ideas are valid. So I absolutely think, you know, uh, asking and, and being inquisitive is, is a really wonderful thing. So keep, keep it up. That's a great thing. Well, that should, well, that should end it. Thank you so much for um, Lennon's interview. It was um, very inspiring. Oh, well, thank you all very much for the invitation. You inspired me with your questions. They were fantastic. And best of luck with this wonderful project. I'm really excited for you all. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.